This is episode 42 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. We weren't sure how you liked your coffee, so we didn't make any. Hope that's okay. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. So often people tell us that we've played just the right song at just the right time, that whatever they were going through, that song, the Mm. lyrics leapt out of the radio and right into their hearts. And we know that the songs we play on Family Life are so powerful. Uh, We pray that they impact you, that they draw you closer to the Lord. So on this episode of the Rise Up podcast, we're talking about some of our favorite song lyrics that we hear on Family Life. I love how something can be, with it jumping out at you, you've heard it maybe like a dozen times or a dozen, dozen times. And then it just like, there's a time where you think, whoa, yeah, that that's true. Wow. And it speaks to you. And right now I'm thinking about goodness of God. It's it's just there's something about when when the feel of a song just lines up just viscerally with with the words and what it means. And it just connects in your heart like, yes, it's all my life. You have been faithful all my life. You have been so, so good with every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And that's one where, again, it's, this, it's, it's the way it's sung. It's those beautiful words where it just connects and makes me think, God, yeah, that, that's right. You actually are that good. You actually are really amazing. You actually have always been really faithful. Right. And something I've been trying to hold in my head lately, especially as, as a parent and this time of year, season, sickness and all that stuff, you're worrying. I'm worrying uh, about my little kiddo a lot, you know, thinking, what's she, is she going to get this? If she gets this, is she going to get better? Is all these things. And I'm trying to hold on to the lesson that it's not about trusting God for the same result he gave you in the past. Maybe you're thankful that God was good to you by healing a relative or healing your child at one point in the past. That's good. But am I trusting him now for the same result or am I trusting him to be the same good God now that he was in the past, whatever the result? And I've got to look at my life and say, okay, these words are true. God, all my life, you have been faithful all my life. You have been so, so good. So how can I do anything but praise you with with every breath that you choose to give me? That's right. I'm trying to hold on to that now in this kind of anxious season of parenting a, a, a little kid. You realize that when we hear, I think we'd most agree that when we hear from people to say, you're just the right song at the right time, they're going through something. Mm. They're going through a problem. And I love how music can transport you uh, back to a place. There's a couple of songs. I'm only going to share one that transports me back. And every time I hear it still, we still play it on Family Life. It takes me uh, right back to a place. It was probably one of my worst places in, in my Christian walk. I had been a Christian for several years, but in the midst of uh, five or six years into our marriage, our marriage was falling apart. I didn't know which direction I was going to go. And where did God place me? God placed me at the time I was teaching fifth and sixth graders at our church. Mm. So, yeah, so don't think someone in your church isn't going through struggles or whatever. Here I was, a leader of kids. And of all places, there was a 
weekend retreat, a, you know, going out with the, these fifth and sixth graders. And so here I was, this is the last place I wanted to be because I didn't, I was being, uh, I didn't want to be close to God at that moment. Right. I, I didn't know where I wanted to be. So here I was, we go into the, uh, the auditorium to have praise and worship. And uh, the, the group up there leading praise and worship started singing. This did two things to me that it still t- stays with me today. One, uh, I didn't want, I'm in the back. I'm just sitting here with my arms folded, mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting down while those people are praising the Lord wow, because yeah. I did not want to be there. My heart was hardened. And they started singing the Newsboys song, You Are My King. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you. Well, I heard that and I didn't feel like hearing that and mm. my arms stayed crossed. And but here's the other thing. You ever you ever been in praise and worship where the group does the chorus or they do something and they do it over and over yes. and, and over. over. Yeah. And over. Yeah. up until that point, my mind and even that night, my mind was like, would you just get on with the song and move on to the next song? I'm tired of hearing the chorus over and over but you needed and, to hear oh, it. Exactly. And, and, and God <laughs> knew that. Wow. And it was the only time in my life, and I could physically, you hear people have, my heart was hardened. You hear that term, my heart was hardened. I could physically, now it wasn't a complete transformation that night, but I could feel my heart going from concrete and I could feel it softening as they kept singing and singing and singing over and over again that amazing love. How can it be? And so every time I hear that song, it just takes me back to that point of, yes, my God died for me. And also it makes me realize that when anytime I'm in a service and the praise and worship team keeps singing over and over and over and over again, as much as I might be sick of it in my head, I go, thank you, Lord, that you're ministering to someone right now who needs to hear that lyric over and over and over again. Isn't that something? You know, a lot of times we hear songs on Family Life when we're at work and they don't really cut through. And then when we're in a different place, yes, we'll hear the song totally differently. It was so funny. We were going on a road trip, which means a lot of time listening to music. And it was right when Tasha Layton's Look What You've Done became very popular. And I'd heard the song like a bazillion jillion times. And I knew it was a good song, but it hadn't really ever spoken to me. First of all, I love that it's so clever that it starts out with Tasha kind of saying, look what you've done, like self-condemnation. And then at the end, it turns into look what you've done, God. And I just think that's so clever. But there's so much in that song that I see in my own life. She says, the lies I believed, they've got some roots that run deep. I've let him take a hold of my life. But then she says, standing in your presence, Lord, I can feel you digging all the roots up. And then she says, you spoke your truth into the lies that I let my heart believe and look at me now. And I so often revert to lies. It just is my default. And I think I, I think that's pretty common, you know, in a Christian walk because the yes. enemy, he loves lies. He is the author of lies, right? And so he's continually trying to feed lies into us. And if we've fallen for it once, he knows there's a chance we're going to fall for it again. And so he tells us that same lie over and over and over. And then we foolishly in our human state just grab that lie and take ownership of it. And I've done so many studies and so many Bible deep dives into fighting the lies. And when I hear that song and when she talks about how God spoke his truth into the lies, you know, and I picture Tasha Layton or me or anyone else kind of standing in the actual presence of God, which 
okay, you can do with the Holy Spirit, but we can't actually be in like the physical presence of God. So Mm -hmm. how does he speak his truth now? Well, it's the word of God, you know, and so that song reminds me that if you want God to speak truth into your life, you need to be in his truth, his word. And this verse is like at the core of every single study I have ever done about lies. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's from Philippians 4.8. And so that song just reminds me that when the lies start to eke up when the enemy of lies, the father of lies starts to whisper in my ear louder and louder and louder that I need to get back into the word of God, that I need to be reminded of God's truth to let it speak into my life so that I can truly see what God has done in me and through me. So thank you, Lord, for using your word in the music for your ministry that reaches all of us just at the right place at just the right time. Come closer to the radio so we can see you. Wow, you look great today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Uh, Mars and Venus, waffles and spaghetti. No, this, this is the thing that separates men from women. It is not communication style or assumed gender roles, nothing like that. It all comes down to cookies. Cookies. <laughs> that, that's the one. If it oh. all comes down it for years. What? To cookies. Now I'm going to see if you guys fall in the trend okay. of what most men will do. Okay. When most men get one of those black and white sandwich cookies, okay, mm-hmm. they just eat it. Right. Crunch. True. Go right for it. Right. Or pop mm. the whole thing in their mouth. I do. Right. Most mm. women will twist the cookie apart. Mm. And then sometimes we'll eat the centery, sometimes we'll eat the crunchy side, sometimes we'll... And I was thinking to myself, what kind of Neanderthal just bites into an Oreo? And then I realized... Oreo, good. Mm. <laughs> Crunch. Anyone else wish morning started just a little later? Yeah, we get that. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. I didn't believe my mom when she said, "Just like, don't eat that before you go to bed. You'll have weird dreams." I was like, "No, yes. no mom, that doesn't happen." <laughs> Apparently, it does. There's some people who study such things. Therese, remember, uh, it was several months ago when you came. We came in in the morning, and you were so oh. mad at Tim and I because you had yeah. a dream, and you were literally mad all day. I mean, you <laughs> guys were terrible to right. me it, in it, my dream, right. and I know you didn't actually do the thing, but right. the feeling that I felt was real. I blame it on Gorgonzola. That's a real thing. See, there you go. I think you're onto it because there are particular foods that do elicit weird kind of different kind of dreams. Mm-hmm. There's a people who study this kind of thing. There's a British cheese board, which I'm not sure if that's anything like a charcuterie, but it's a, <laughs> it's a cheese board, and they say the certain kind of board. cheese, yes, like blue cheese, you'll have vivid or outlandish dreams. Cheddar, you'll dream about celebrities. <laughs> so, I mean, there's people who study those things, so I guess mom is right. So, you know, sometimes we have really bad dreams. Sometimes we have Gouda dreams. Sometimes we have, you know, we get mad because we're kind of fed up uh, and, fed and, then, up. and when you wake up Therese even noticed it when she had dreams like that it's hard to brew yourself uh, it's because... hard to brew yourself <laughs> oh, no, no, no. mom was right it's okay you can go back to bed in about 16 hours in the meantime thanks for listening to rise up on family life the food that tastes like it sounds like gruel 
You know, it's yeah. a, you hear gruel and you just think of like, no thanks. it's Charles Dickens, the Victorian children and those mm. hundreds of years ago, they're standing in the line waiting to get this sloppy it's porridge cold. in their bowl. And, yeah. and you wonder why would you, I mean, after trying it, do you think you might say, Please, sir, I want some more. What? More? More? I mean, who's going to want more gruel? No. But but here's the thing. Maybe was... maybe you might want more just like little Oliver, uh, Oliver mm. Twist, that is. I found right. some gruel recipes online. Like, they really have these today. You can still make gruel. <laughs> is it's it like, just overnight it's, oats? <laughs> it's like oatmeal. It's a, a little higher ratio of like your milk or your water. But there's gruel recipes yeah. with bacon. And wow. there's gruel recipes with... Okay, I guess this is. Wait, the I have an idea. Sure, go ahead. Uh-huh. I've got an idea. Like, uh, okay, a restaurant where you go in to eat gruel, but it's only served at high top tables. It would be called gruel on a stool. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's right? a thought. Yeah. Um, something to be thankful for this <laughs> month is time. <laughs> you probably have something better than gruel to look forward to at Thanksgiving dinner. On Teresa's theme, the summertime gruel by the pool. Right. <laughs> Today is going to be great. We just know it. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. They have found at the Great Learning Institute of Harvard that the most meaningful way to start a conversation is not by saying, how are you? Because what happens? You walk up to somebody, you say, oh, hi, how are you? They say, good, how are you? Fine. Yeah, Yeah. just like that. Are they most of the time? Probably not. No. So people aren't honest. They just say the thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't move the conversation forward because then they go, I'm fine. How are you? And then you lie and you go, I'm great. (laughs) And then you don't get anywhere. And so what Harvard doesn't do, though, is provide the solution. And that's where this fine institution of the Rise Up Morning Show Ah, comes into play. There's a friend of mine who I see fairly often who Mm -hmm. always tends to say, What's a good word? Which is a good is a good thing, but it always oh. makes me think. I'm always uh, like prepared. Mm, I'm yes, looking for yes. what's a good word yes. today. You know, yeah. avocado. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I have a friend who every time you say how are you, he just right. always says blessed. And after a while, it becomes like oh, I should have seen that coming. I should come up with a better <laughs> right. question. You know, right. what about you, Tim? Any thoughts? Uh, if I've got time for a conversation, I'll, I'll say what was the last thing you found really interesting. Ask someone what is the best concert you've seen in a while, or oh. what is the last concert you've seen, because I loved We Are Messengers this week. I went to the one in Binghamton. Go ahead and ask me that question. Okay. Hey, Steve, hmm? what's the best concert you've seen lately? Uh, let's see, that'd be Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> He's so lying. It's not true. Oh. So go ahead, ask me. So, Therese, have you seen a good lately so i saw we are messengers the other night in binghamton it was unbelievable and they're good but they're no mozart (laughs) come on you don't need any more beauty sleep you look great thanks for listening to rise up on family life i was afraid that i had uh was just never heard of it i didn't hear of this i didn't and i thought Hmm. tim and Therese, you would have heard of it because you're cooler than i am (laughs) You're, you know, it's like dry That's texting, dry. T- and I've never heard of that, cool. and it, but you haven't heard. Not cool. Heard. I'm not cool I haven't either. heard of the phrase dry oh, texting. Dry what is te- it? Dry texting is when someone sends you something and you text back like, okay, or, oh. or LOL. Okay. Just, or okay, just, see, right, right. I do this and my daughter Ashley is always like, what's wrong? Like, she'll be like, oh, you know, sure. can you blah, 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 blah. And I'll go, okay. And she'll go, <laughs> why, why are you upset? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like. I'm yeah. not. And she said, yeah. why'd you just say K? And I said, because 
it's okay. And she said, you have to say more. Yes. Unless you're mad. Right. And I understand that. And that's why I try to do this. Tell me if this is dry texting. I'll like to send an emoji in reply sometimes, but Mm. it's always two thumbs ups. You know, like one thumbs up is like maybe a little passive aggressive, but two thumbs Uh, up. And I'm thinking like. Right, right. KK is okay. Like, if you say KK, that means, okay, okay, but just a K is bad. Uh It's so confusing. So now I have to, like, explain what I mean by my texting. (laughs) Right. So it almost feels like I should just, like, pick up that same phone Uh Uh and just call the person and say, (laughs) hey, I got your text, and I want you to know (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) Actually use the phone? Call? Wait, I feel like what? at this point, a phone call might be a little less complicated. Oh, wow. <laughs> Novel idea. Whatever happens today, know that God's got it. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life.